This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome. This is Words That Move Me. I'm Dana, and wow, have I got a treat for you today. <sighs> um, so, you know that feeling when you get to meet your heroes? <laughs> uh, if you don't, I'm going to explain it to you. Actually, better yet, I'm going to just let you listen to it. This episode is it. This episode is me meeting a hero. Wow. Let's see. Okay. I have been a fan of Corrine Plantides since I saw her perform at the Tony Awards um, with Come Fly Away back in 2020. Oh, back in 2010. And I will 100% be linking to that performance, um, a YouTube link, because it's so great. FYI, she was nominated for a Tony Award and a Drama League Award for that role. And then, several years later, we got to work together on In the Heights. She is the brilliant dancer that is straight up punishing Abuela Claudia on the train during Pasencia Ife. Um, if you have not seen the movie yet, please, please do, and keep a close eye out for Corrine. And if you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about, guarantee. But go back and revisit that anyways. Okay, so not long after the premiere of In the Heights... Corrine slid into my DMs on the gram, and she asked for my number to ask me a question. And I immediately choked up, like maybe I was in trouble or I did something wrong. I was sweating instantly. And then she called me and was so warm and delightful and insightful. And she told me about an ongoing series of conversations that she is having on her Instagram live. Uh, she calls this series What's Good with Karine? And she asked if I would join her as a guest. <laughs> um, so after I collected myself off the floor, uh, in, in true improv fashion, I said, yes, and... Can we record our conversation for my podcast? Told her all about the podcast. She said yes. And then we talked for a really long time about dance and life and what's going on in the world. And after discussing some of our personal and professional heartbreaks, we decided that the topic of our conversation would be life after rejection which kind of sounds dreadful, but when you're talking to someone like Kareen, even tough subjects can feel like a glass of cold water on a hot summer day. So get ready for this one. But first, <laughs> wins. Today I am celebrating the summer solstice, which was this past Sunday. I'm sorry that we're falling a little bit off on our schedule. I'm recording this before you will hear it. But on Sunday, we had our longest day of the year, and I celebrated more than the solstice itself. I am celebrating that I joined today's guest, Corrine, and her partner, Mochi. They go by Kamochi Method on Instagram. We'll be linking to that in the show notes as well. Uh, anyways, I joined the two of them for 108 sun salutations and that's a big win because I haven't done a push-up or a chaturanga or a forward fold. Well, that many forward folds. I haven't done that in a long, long time. So I was sore on Monday, but I also felt focused and fantastic. Big win. 108 sun salutations. Whoa. So that was me. That's my world. Uh, what is going well in your world? What are you celebrating today? Hit me. All right, 
Congratulations. Rock on. I'm so proud of you. Keep winning. Okay, let's get back into it. So I was very excited and a little bit nervous, which are pretty similar feelings in my body, uh, for this conversation with Corrine. And then as the conversation was happening, I was having complete revelations. <laughs> huh, that is a happy accident of word usage because Corrine is a former principal dancer for the Ailey Company. I digress. In this episode, Corrine and I talk in the heights, we talk Buddhism, we talk process, we talk goals, and flash flood warning, there are tears. <laughs> so get ready and please enjoy this conversation with Karine Plantarit. Welcome everyone. This is What's Good with Karine. It's been a moment. I haven't been around, but I'm back. And I'm back with such an incredible light. I had this incredible opportunity to meet Dana when we were on In the Height shoot. I don't think I knew Dana at all. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't like I knew of her, but I should have known of her. Because the moment I met her, I was like, I've got to be in the presence of this woman all the time, every time. So we were able to connect. And then I started to look at what she does and we started to talk and Dana is here today. So, yo, Karine, my queen. So... <laughs> I don't know where to start with you. I don't know where to start. You make me, you make me feel so um, bubbly inside. Effervescent. You make me feel bubbly. Let's go, Bubbles. And you, you know what? You look like sparkling lemonade on a hot summer day. I am glad to bring the bubbles and me, be met with bubbles. And my earrings are oh making noise God. on my little d ear dongle, so I'm gonna take those out. Um, okay, so earrings aside, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for reaching out to have this conversation. It blew my mind to receive a message from you saying, "Will you have a conversation with me?" Because I cannot tell you, every moment on set that I watched you dance, I was like, I want to talk to this person. I mean, I could watch you dance forever and ever and ever. But when you weren't dancing, you were meditating. When you weren't meditating, you were reading. I, can t I could tell that this was a mind that I wanted to meld with. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity to do that right now. Even over the virtual, wow. the, the pixel, pixel verse. Oh, it doesn't even... Like, okay, the, the pixel... I think we had to learn. Um, we had to learn how to move beyond what the eyes were seeing. You know, during I, I think that's one of my biggest learning is that what if what if I were to close my eyes, can I reach Dana? Right? Mm. Can because I really I had to learn this in, on the in the hard way because during the pandemic, I actually left my mom in France and I was here, and she's dealing with dementia. She's dealing with very difficult, you know, Alzheimer, dementia, all those um, crazy, challenging, aging disease. And I could not be there for her, meaning physically. Mm -hmm. So even though I was separated from her, I was like, my love for her is so grand and vast that I was like, I have got to figure out how to transport that love of mine through the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, moving through France, going into Cannes, going into Mougin, in the nursing home, and I have to hold her head. She has to feel that. She has to feel, and I feel, Dana, that you are that kind of person that is looking, I don't know, like the way I saw you work was there was a precision that I appreciate with you, but there was a looseness. Mm. But I am wanting to go in your brain, Dana, and your heart. Come on can in. I co can I come, come in? in? Okay. Come in, Okay, please, so we're yes. going to go factual first. I want to go factual. Okay, I want to okay. go super factual. Let's go. Where, do you, where did you start dancing? What's the story with the dance part hmm. of you? Okay, the dance part of my life begins at a dance studio in Aurora, Colorado, which is where I'm from, at the age of three. I had an older sister who was already in dance, and 
it's possible that my mom saw a convenience in having both of the kids in the same place at the same time. So we went to dance. That is what we did when I was a young person. I spent all of my um, my life in Colorado up until my teenage years, and my training moved from the studio that I started at as a tiny danceling to a, a dance studio called Michelle Latimer Dance Academy. Shout out to any Michelle Latimer alums that might be listening. Shout out to Michelle herself. I owe this beautiful life and my relationship with dance to her. She she watered the seed and nurtured this, this plantling that became dance for me in a beautiful way. So uh, yes, I, I started my relationship with dance at three when it was more like babysitting or daycare it was more like playtime and then you know increasingly over the years got a little more serious got a little more serious got a little competitive got a little um um inspired by the introduction of the idea that this could make money someday and then i i fell in love with the idea of dance for a living i saw many people do it successfully i saw many people fail at it and I was determined to succeed at it for myself, which terrified my parents, mind you. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles at 18 to become a backup dancer. That was the big goal. <laughs> and um, Wait, did you have a? I, did you have someone that you wanted? Yes, I. I, I Come on, grew say up. It. I was in. I, I know. I was obsessed with InSync. I was very much in fatuation in fat in, in mm -mm. i was infatuated with justin timberlake um the music video for like i love you changed uh, the game for me everyone was just so cool and sexy and without trying and 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 as a teenager is there anything better than being cool and sexy without trying like that was the goal um so that that was it for me and i was very fortunate in my timing and in my placement I met and befriended Marty Kadelka, who is one of JT's best friends and also his longtime choreographer and collaborator, co-creative director. Um, Marty and I uh, began a friendship that is one of my most cherished to this very day. Uh, I started assisting Marty on various projects and then one day we were working on a, a commercial gig of all things for Reese's peanut butter puff cereal. I remember the day very well. And he, he got a phone call and he was like, hold on one second. And he takes this call and then he hangs up the phone and he looks at me and he's like, yo, are you ready? And I was like, are we going back in? What's up? What are we doing? And he was like, that was JT. He's going on the road. Do you want to help me? I, I, will you help? And it was like, W T F. Yes. Count me in. So that that was the beginning of my um, uh, that was my first tour. I was I turned I was 19 when I met JT when we started. We did a, a fashion show. I went on tour while I was 20. I turned 21 on the road. Um, and and that was the beginning of what is still a very special work and human relationship for me. Just so, so incredibly inspiring. You know, when people say success is when opportunity meets preparation, I think there's so many more things than that. And I do want to take a pause as I know that people listening are looking to model their careers after ones like mine, if not mine, uh, one, one that might be like mine. And it's, uh, for me, this notion of success, of being successful, is much less about uh, the person that you work for or the person that discovers you or, or the job that you do and more to do with what you think success is. I think that success is doing what you said you will do. And I said I wanted to be a backup dancer, so hell yes, you better believe I feel successful in what I have done in my life, but I also, feel like a failure when I say I will take a, the trash out and I don't because <laughs> to me success is doing what you say will you, you will do and failing is simply not doing what you said you will do and trust me I have failed plenty <laughs> yes yes I'm loving that I um I have um something about you know success and failure oh lay it on me let's go I feel, I feel, Dana, that a lot of time uh, when I say success is oftentimes I feel that it has a lot to do with 
me looking at something and maybe not being, uh, I'm learning to not be attached by the end uh, product, but how in the journey I move, I move in the way I deal with people during mm -hmm. or over the time. I deal with my own um, lesser self during that time. Ooh. Did I have a little more hold on my lesser self or a little more, a little less listening and following my lesser self along the way of my journey? Because sometimes I feel that you can actually get, I'll give you an example, Sherry. Yeah. I'll give you an example. One of my dreams, and the reason why I came to this country when I was 16, I saw the Ely Company in Paris. I had never seen such a thing in my whole life, Dana. I literally, I was 16 or 15, 15. And I, I just came from Africa. I was in France then. I was studying dance. A little bit like you, where all of a sudden you realize, you're like, wait, I can make money out of that. I can, I can actually. That can be my job. Just be that. I can just be that. I can just. That's my job. That's that was my the job. The first time I'm you gonna saw be, that. Like, yeah. No. Yes. The first time I saw this was for when I saw Fame, the bootleg tape of Fame in Africa. That was my first moment where I was like, oh, "That's a job." I was like, "That's my job." Okay. But now fast forward to Ailey. Uh, the Ailey Company. I saw the I saw the Ailey Company. And I literally, at that moment, my life, just like for you, like you knew that was a game changer, that video that you saw, for me was watching the performance of Ellie in Paris and my eyes and my heart, my skin, my soul, saw the current come up and I saw this, right? So I never came back down. I was like, wherever they are in the world, I will be. Like the clarity of this could not be clear, right? Now, fast forward, I joined the company. Uh -huh. And I joined and the I joined the Ailey company. And the first year in the Ailey company, I actually wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I had succeeded. Mm -hmm. But I had an idea of what that was to be in the company. I had an idea that 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 idea does not always match what is. Oh, very rarely, so, because we are not fortune tellers. <laughs> exactly. So, so all of a sudden, you know, I was in the company, but I had to do some work within me now, yes. like the real work of me, not just, oh, wait a minute. See, success and happiness can be very different. Oh, my friend, let's talk about right? it. Yes, yes. Oh, and the assumption that success equals happiness is a dangerous one because you can live your whole life chasing success, the thing or the company or the job or the relationship or the amount of money that you associate with that and land there and feel very unsuccessful. So in, in my pursuit, I've sort of rewired um, become much less interested in being a successful person and being a person that lives a full life and is a professional at feeling both sides of the spectrum. The hell yes, I've got this. I'm winning. I'm great. I'm the envy of all my friends. I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. I'm all the things. Two, I am the scum of the universe. I am an imposter. I am, I mean really not worthy um that's one of my favorite ones uh and and i've gotten to be very good at feeling those things without taking them out in action sometimes i just sit and feel them without resisting them or pushing them away like no that's not appropriate i shouldn't really do that right now don't do 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 and 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 i'm getting better at not avoiding them altogether and ignoring them but honoring them that's a, that's what i am that's the that's the journey that i'm on right now is like honoring the full spectrum of feels that's what i'm that's what i'm aiming for wow dana so so i am um, in the in the realm of uh, of the pandemic I, I have been talking a lot about i think a lot of us have been able to go inward where you just talked about that place where we could no longer fake it and because it crumbled, the crumbled. 
clearly, right, it went down. It crumbled at a level that I don't even think, Dana, that we actually know the real impact of that crumble. Oh, the ripples, the ripples will be going far, far beyond. Yeah. 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 Was we there during the pen was there during the pandemic for you um a specific moment that you can go back to and take us with you? Mm. Was there a specific moment as for your career first mm. and for you as a person second that was very um one of those shift where you, you knew you shifted at that moment. I don't know what that means, but mm -hmm. was there a shift? So first, we, between Dana career, was mm -hmm. there a shift in your career during the pandemic and the way you saw your career or what you think of your career or mm -hmm. what, you, what, you, what you discovered maybe even? Ooh, so that's yeah. the first part. That's okay. the first yeah. part. This is a okay. great question. You should do this for a living, you know, if dance doesn't pan out for you. <laughs> um, no big deal. Okay. So to answer, okay, that was the first part. I'll take the first part first. Yeah. Yeah. I had several, oh, moments over the quarantine. A handful of them were around my career. Most of them were around my personal life and relationships and the value that I place in relationships. And I do want to circle back to where you began the conversation about feeling connected to your mother, even from a distance. Um, but I'll, I'll put that in the parking lot for a second. Just don't let me forget because that was a, a, a beautiful sentiment. I don't think we wring the towel dry on that. There's a lot of value in, in that discussion. Um, but one moment of clarity that I had came shortly after I was a part of um, an NYCDA, which is the company that I, the convention company that I teach for. The founder of NYCDA is Joe Lantieri, who is also the owner of Steps on Broadway, uh, a, a pillar in the dance community to say the very least. And he, he worked to build something special for graduating seniors over the summer. Um, he built sort of a um, a mentorship opportunity for the graduating seniors who were missing, um, I say missing, but who did not get an in-person graduation, did not get a senior year at nationals moment. And so he built this mentorship opportunity. And what I, as I sat on a question answer panel of this mentorship program, I realized that this is a, obviously a unique time for all of us. But to be a graduating senior, to be embarking on what is already a difficult transition to navigate from student into workforce or from student into student under parents roof to student under college roof, um, that must be a really difficult uh, um, bridge to cross. Even when you can see clearly, it's scary. But for these graduating seniors it must have looked on fire like and missing planks and like do I really I don't want to go out there so I knew immediately I was like I have to create something that that can help guide and give tools to the class of 2020 and with the help of my two assistants Malia Baker and Riley Higgins we built a 12-week course in two weeks it sold out in no time it it was I I didn't even I announced it. I didn't even make offers. I didn't even ask, hey, are you interested? I said, this is what I'm doing. And the people came because there was need. And that was a beautiful moment where I realized that making money isn't about booking jobs. Making money is about creating value. I saw there was an opportunity and I felt that I could contribute value. And that's what I did. That was a very empowering moment. It was, it was, it came from me, but it was selfless and it felt so good. Um, so that was a big pivot. Um, the other pivots that came from me came came for me during this time were about my awareness of terrible, terrible social injustice in our world. Um, the assumptions that I have based on my lived experience that are wrong, that are lies, that are not only untrue, but unuseful. So I got to do a lot of deconstructing of my beliefs and rebuilding them um, to be more in alignment with the world that I want to live in someday. Ah! And we're getting there slowly. We're getting there. And um, 
I yeah, that's I I hope I answered the question. I'm getting fog brain now, but no, you no no Dana, you talked about it. Like you went into the career part. You talked about you know making money uh, versus just thinking of creating value. Yes. and that is one of my biggest. Oh my God, this is one of my biggest uh, uh, gem for my heart, for my my way of living life. The moment I started to know that, oh wait a minute. It's actually about creating value. It's not about anything else. Then, then it changes the game of whatever you're doing. The moment I realized that I was, I've been a Buddhist for like, I don't know, 30, maybe 27 years or so. And one of the big thing was like, for me, as I'd started to perform, I was like, but I don't, like, what, why am I dancing? What, mm. is, what is going on with me wanting to just kick my leg up and twirl around? But when I started to practice Buddhism and I started to understand that, Wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's my way of creating peace. I am an artist for peace. I, so all of a sudden, doing a tendu was like a tendu, like a weapon for peace. You know, it was not just a tendu. It was like, I go in. <laughs> and when, you know what's crazy? When you say this, I'm seeing you tendu and it's a knife. It's a sword in the sky that's like, peace, justice, but I'll fight for it fight for it i will I mean, fight for it this is i will beautiful. fight this is beautiful Keep so going. you know it took me it took no it took me a moment to realize when you say about creating value that i realized that everything that we are about as artists if we because of the impact that we have in the world you see look at you you know with that kind of energy here you are performing as you know with uh with justin timberlake and then Let's fast forward. You are on the set at La La Land. At that moment, you change the space. You see, because in your mind, you're about creating value. So, so the space will never be the same. It can only be amplified. And, imp and because we touch so many people at once, we are extremely powerful as artists. That is why we have to be centered. You cannot, we cannot, we cannot let that opportunity to create value, walk away from us because we've got too much power. Yeah. You, you better be careful. You're you're stirring up some hot watery eyes over here. It's a, <laughs> it's a tremendous honor and it is a responsibility that you can think of as heavy or you can think of it as light, like a tondu. Like you don't need to put any weight on that toe. You can tondu with such force and power and determination and will and value <laughs> that it becomes meaningful. You know what? This is crazy. I love this this loop. I did an episode on, on my podcast. It was my last episode of the year 2020. And in that episode, I had asked every single guest from the entire year the same question. And everyone had to answer that same question. No one answered it the same. It's a beautiful. I mean, the question has no answer. That's why I ask it. But the question that I asked is, what is the difference between style and technique? And one of my favorite answers to this question, I'll just skip all the really exciting answers that I got. I'll jump straight to my favorite, is the technique is the what and the style is the so what. It's so ah. what. It's like, so what you can point your foot. So what, what, what's the point? What's the difference? What does that make me feel? And when you tondu, you make me feel something. There is a so what. It's like, so what, come here, so what, back off, so what, like you are invoking a reaction with your action. There is a so what behind it. Um, and so that's, that I, that I think is your part of the value that you bring. I think you are an exceptional technician, that should not go without saying, but what it's clear to me that you're doing work behind the scenes of the technical side and it in it shows in in the heights it shows when i see you on stage it it shows it it shows in the way you communicate holy smokes wow i'm just i'm floored right now i'm fangirling geeking out yeah <laughs> sherry i want to know i want to know dana what gives you inspiration like mm. what is the where, where do you look at for, I saw a beautiful clip. I don't even know what that was. It was in your reel. 
mm-hmm. it was this beautiful clip with people in which I adore. It was outdoors with people. Mm-hmm. And I think there was this movement that went like this. Oh. Yes, there was a music video for Vance Joy directed by Mimi Cave, who is a woman that you would adore. She is a dancer as well. And she is a brilliant director. Mimi Cave, M-I-M-I-C-A-V-E. Shout out, Mimi. Love you. And um, she had a beautiful vision for this uh, for this video. It's gorgeous. I'll, I'll send you a link in, in this episode when it becomes a Words That Move Me podcast episode, this conversation. I will link to that performance in the show notes. Um, but because Mimi understands dance and movement, not just of a body, but of a camera and of the wind and of the grass, I think beautiful opportunities, beautiful art come from people who understand beautiful movement. Or, or painful movement. Oh, that reminds me, I have a question for you. Um, but that's what that was. And the inspiration that I got from that came pretty solidly from the piece of music and the treatment that Mimi put together. Um, we get to see in that, you know, tiny, tiny little music video, a lifetime of a love, a romance, a young love, an elderly, an, an older love, a love at the end, a love that's gone from being two people to being one person. So I explored themes of aloneness, loneliness, of support, of having to support yourself in a way that you've never had to support yourself before, of, of being used to a limb or a way of walking and then that becoming gone or broken. Um, so that, I, I get a lot of my inspiration from for my industry work from what's presented to me in the first place. The song, hugely, and usually uh, there will be a visual treatment of some sort. Mimi's tone and palette is so specific and beautiful uh, that it just looking at it on a page puts me in a place in my head. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in that place Mm -hmm. in my head, my body comes to meet me there. And that's Mm -hmm. that's how that video happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have a question for you. Can I turn? Can I turn the microphone for a second? Oh, turn the microphone. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm all cool. yours. Go ahead, Chiri. Okay, so I I th- I I think that I am very interested in Buddhist principles, and I think that a lot of the work I've been doing um, in the past probably three years of my life is just working on um, not wrestling with reality on catching myself when I hear myself saying it should be different or it should be some way that it isn't and that lands me like sweaty on the mat just wrestling with life and unable to see solutions unable to be kind with myself I'm just like down there fighting and so I think that there are I, I I don't know much about it but I think that there are Uh, I I think that I'm probably very much in alignment with a lot of Buddhist principles. But what my question is for you right now is, and wow, this this is me just showing my complete naivete right now. But I think there's a notion of not struggling um, in in the Buddhist practices to not struggle. And I've also found tremendous value in conflict lately. So what I would like to know, like I'm learning how to have conflicts with kindness with curiosity and with an outcome that is favorable to both, both um, uh, f- fighters, I would say, yes, creating value. But my my question to you is, in in your practice, where what is the role of conflict? How do you view conflict? Is it valuable to you? Wow, what a great question. I'm I'm sorry it took me a while to arrive at it (laughs) no it's good oh my god it's good Dana so so conflict in Mahayana Buddhism is not separated from Buddhahood Buddhahood actually is in every single thing that you see including the conflict so there was a moment where a long time ago in, in Buddhism where you had to go up the mountain and you had to clear your mind. You had to levitate and you had to just feel the breathe and just, you know, like that was Buddhahood. That was it. You know what I mean? Or for some people at the time, you, if you're a woman, you could not be a Buddha. And there was another time you, you had to go upside down in a tree, not eat for 30 days and then you reach Buddhahood. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then and then there was a game changer bam shiri the moment where the teaching came to a head it's called the lotus sutra where at that moment the buddha actually admitted that he had prepared the mind of everybody for this one particular moment so he could prepare so people could understand that everybody was a buddha what does that mean that simply means that everything has buddhahood capacity which means that if if the world it he says that we have like 10 world that we travel through so from from hell to animality to anger to rapture to learning realization and then you go up to buddhahood right so you will think they're like this up on top of each other and people were trying to climb them up all their lives going oh shit you know struggle, karma bam struggle, i'm back struggle. down yeah. oh struggle struggle oh, i'm like bam i'm going back down and then the lotus sutra came in at that moment where it was revealed that in each of those 10 world there was buddhahood because buddhahood is first you are a buddha you Baseline, are a divine being at all levels that's the best that's the base that's where you start Hmm. So from that point of view in the conflict the greatest part about the conflict is that you can actually start to in meditation in chanting or whatever you can start to see the enlightened side of the conflict. Mm-hmm. What is and that's the real question. See what is the enlightened side of my anger? What is it? Because then I can gear I can gear my focus towards the enlightened side. I can't say I'm not angry. Like two days ago, three days ago, I was raging, darling, raging. Okay, I was like, I am falling apart right now. I could feel the red. Yes. I was just like, were you throwing stuff? I've just recently started throwing things when I get mad. <laughs> Never in my life have I been a person that reacts in that way. And now that I've done it a couple times, you better look out. I'm looking for things. That, I'm looking for things to throw. It's amazing. Okay, carry on. You were raging. No, no, Dana. Truly, no. But the moment where you realize what it does—rage, anger, any of those—what it actually does to the body. And the soul, because it in in yoga practice we call it dvisha. Dvisha mm-hmm. is an it could be a an obstacle to your enlightenment because if you keep it in, that's where you're gonna stay. So let's say I am raging and I'm furious or whatever, and I'm not doing anything about it, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna ripple that into the world in my thoughts, my words, and action. So from mm-hmm. that moment, I become a base for anger and violence. Right? So creating value at that point is gone. That's gone with the wind. So we're not saying, which I love. I'm not here to say I'm a saint. I'm not feeling those things. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I am angry. I'm an angry, I have an angry nature, period. Mm. I got pissed many times. I am coming from an angry family. That's the karma that I've chosen to transform. But this is not where it ends. Once you start to practice Buddhism or you start to have a serious practice on your mat, on your cushion, you get to actually be part of the process. The process is not taking you in. You're not becoming the victim of the process anymore. But you you co- are pr- the one processing. Yes, yes. You are the one processing. And in that moment, if this is your Buddha nature, processing the situation... Mm-hmm. then you know you're going to be one level up yes, being able at, to see. Yes. You're in and the empowered a, position. Yes. And now you can make a decision where all included will have value. Mm-hmm. All included. Because by the time, this is so interesting to me because once we leave this earth, once we've left the shell that we came in with, then first of all, there is no going back. We've already spent the time. Everything that we are doing, there is no time to go back. You're only going forward. So if you are making drama, if you are putting violence in the world, that is what you're leaving behind you. It will, it will actually leave after you. Mm-hmm. You know what? So it's like when you turn around and you're like, oh my God, what am I leaving behind me? You know what? As, a, as yeah. a trail. Yeah. As a trail, as a perfume. You know, do you want it to smell like garbage or you want like a fierce garden of magnolia? You'd be like, yeah, baby. <laughs> Dana passed here. Look, you can see smell that, right? She just I left. love, you know, it's crazy. 
you know what actually is crazy? I'm going to break the third wall for a second. I just saw we've got Leslie Grace in the house. Shout out, Leslie. And I was just thinking as you were talking, as Leslie showed up, I smell her perfume on me and it's one of my favorite smells. We just got to have a hang in person as as human beings out in the world. And I love this smell. And I think that choosing to think of our value as being something that isn't always touched, felt, held, but seen, heard, smelt, a calling on all of the senses that will be there long after the matter that is my body is gone. That is power. That's awesome and that just all came together in one moment so shout out leslie love you so much <laughs> shout out leslie we i'm very you, happy friend. to meet you and though you know i don't know you i already smelled you because Yo. that's amazing right because they <laughs> i'm trying like to 360. waft it i'm trying to i did i did a spin <laughs> you almost fell out oh my gosh Wait, so Okay, um, yeah, we're all over the place now. We kind of got... We kind yeah, of got no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Let's... I want to wrap up about this thing mm -hmm. that you spoke about, which is... Yes, conflict. This is, what I, this is what I felt, you know, when I was with you in the height, where you were... The, the quality of your entering the space. Mm. You see, there is a moment that precedes a before we enter the space in all the all the communication that we've ever had as human being there is our aura that comes before the person is visible and so it is so powerful because when the person is already welcoming the process and wanting to include all the people around as equals and that we get to we get to bow. I, you, 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 actually, I would just want to cry for it. Do you know what I mean? Because I remember the first time I met you, Dana, that you, you literally walked into that space. There were many, many dancers. And we were, some of us, we knew each other. Some of us did not. It's a big cast. Okay? Big cast. Big cast. Huge cast. So for, for the quality, being able to deal with all the different, uh, what's the word, um, personalities that are there, being able to deal with the needs and the demand of the production, the amount of time that is there for us, you had professional on the set. So obviously, there are certain things that are going to be working very fast. I would love for you to talk to me about the swimming pool scene. Oh my can goodness gracious. Me, can you can you just share with me? Because I, I mean, I wasn't in it, Oof. but I, wa I watched it. I, mean, I was just like... <laughs> there were, as you can imagine, so many moving parts in that world. Sections within sections, multiple people in different sections. You know, you've got some people that are lounging ladies on the um, on the kind of risers areas there that are also in the ballet section. You've got people that are in the yo ma it's me check my ticket section that are also in the uh, noodle section or the jazzy section in the front. Everybody's in the insect. So it, a lot of it was like managing who goes where, what we can shoot when, what we're setting up while we're not shooting that because those people are working right now and these people, it was it was a puzzle. Like so much of, of this work is, is placement and structure. But the part that I cannot understate is that structure is only a part of it. Spirit is the rest of it. And that was such a spirited group of dancers and the crew that was there to get it done um, that was a terribly challenging day. And I use the word terribly on purpose. It was cold. It was raining. That is some movie magic that y'all are beholding on that screen. It looks like 102. The shoot day itself was like a marathon hell. that hell. seemed impossible. Yeah, it was hell in the middle part. But I, I, I really commend John, Chris, first and foremost for keeping their finger on the pulse of the demands of the film and the safety of the dancers there were moments that it was difficult to sit like can you really do one more can you really do one more and we really had to be listening um 
So that that's how the day went. But the preparation for the scene, <laughs> a lot lighter because it was spread out over some time. We would put in we would put in eight hour days in a dance studio and then all get in a car or on a train and go to a, a pool that was a part of an apart, apartment complex and just, you know, in in sports bras and whatever bathing suit we may or may not have. Eddie Torres Jr. shout out for swim sweats because Eddie never had a swimsuit. He would just jump in that pool in his sweatpants. <laughs> um, please, please stay tuned for more of that story. But um we would go and and workshop just try like can you jump out of the pool at five feet of water can't how much of your body comes out okay what if we have two feet of water can you get your knees up what if um you know to oh uh this is a fun tidbit that i don't think we've talked about yet i am a big fan if you've seen on instagram i have a 360 degree camera it looks like a fisheye and that's that's hovering 12 feet above the earth. What it actually is, is like a three foot um, monopod, AKA selfie stick, and uh, and a camera on top that has two 180 degree lenses on it. And there's software that stitches the two images together to make it look like a spherical image. So I was able to use this 360 degree camera on the end of a monopod to capture what looks like an overhead shot. So we could mock up the uh, the feeling of a Busby Berkeley shot without having a jib, without having a crane, without having an actual camera overhead. Um, and so that was an extremely helpful tool in figuring out the geometry and the, you know, the overall aesthetic of the overhead shots. That was really cool. Um, and uh, the other the other thing in there was like what's possible and what looks great and what could be sustained take after take after take. Um and I think I want to also just shout Chris out again for being really good at knowing when to push for something and ask for it and when to fall back and say, okay, that's not worth it. That that move isn't worth it. Versus like, no, guys, this we we must do this. We come on, you've got this. And is is encouraging and nurturing and helpful, but really just has his finger on the pulse of what is worth fighting for and what is worth changing you know um so that's this how that is, process this went. is this is incredible because you know we all know about watching something that there's something is behind it that was able to support see to me dana a lot of work you see the tip of it mm -hmm. and underneath is that famous iceberg situation the underneath part is what you will never see but without the underneath the invisible work the mm -hmm. teeth won't be showing so you're you, right. If you, the less mass is I, down there, the tip oh, is not showing. That's My it. friend, I that's never it. even considered that when and when it comes to the iceberg theory. Oh, we had a lot of mass underneath. There's a, so much movement, so much creation process that that the audience <laughs> will never see. But never even see. then, Shiri, but even then, I feel mm -hmm. that, you know what, that scene, oh, I mean, there were so many incredible over the top, every single one of them were just phenomenal. And if any of you have not seen In the Heights, please go see it. This is Let's not, go. this is a historical landmark at the rebirth, right at the rebirth of New York City, uh, bowing so deeply to the Latinos community, the Dominicans from head to toe. It is beyond, and it talks about dreams. It talks That's about good global this element glo literally being able to no matter what we talked about that journey right not particularly attaining the dream the way you see it but don't ever give up on your dream i mean it is not possible and having said this dana i want to very quickly we talked about the art of life after rejection we oh spoke God. a little bit of it throughout you, you and right? i did on our we we talked more about specific rejection moments on our preliminary call, which y'all were not invited to, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, do you want to do you want to try to touch on that? I think it's a really. I want to touch very. I want to yeah. I want to touch on it because I think that we are in a space right now where maybe we think differently about what rejection is today because of what we've experienced, or maybe we have. Um, 
another reaction about what react uh, rejection was mm-hmm. or is today. Mm-hmm. So m- m- I would love to. What is react re- rejection? What is rejection for you, oh, Dana? Oh my goodness! Okay, to me, rejection is a feeling in my body that I get when I think someone doesn't want me, thinks I'm not good, thinks I'm bad, or won't accept me. It, and if you notice, and as I'm saying it out loud, I'm noticing that all of those things are outside in. It's all they versus me. And the only time, like I, I've... I have disliked my body before. I have disliked my talent before. I've been unsatisfied with both of those things before, but I've never rejected myself. So for me, the re- the feeling of rejection comes when I think that other people don't want me, don't like me, think I'm bad, think someone else is better. And the feeling is like uh, a foot, like somebody wearing a big shop boot on my chest, pushing it away from something that I want. It just feels like someone pressing on me in the opposite direction of the thing that I want. That's what rejection is. And it's an awful feeling. I don't like feeling it, but I've gotten to be, I've become a professional at feeling it. And I know that the worst thing about it is this pressure in my chest that isn't even real. And there's no boot, there's no person, there's no, actually, that's really just in my head, but that's what rejection feels like. And I've, I've, I've heard the word no in my career way more times than I've heard the word yes come on board and that's why I say I've become a professional but I in the the end of 2019 I experienced my most my longest lasting and my most intense version of this feeling and I felt it because I thought it should be different I thought that this job should be mine and because I had spent so long imagining myself on it and preparing myself for it I really believed that the Mm -hmm. fact was that it should be mine and what I came to believe over some nurturing and healing and a lot of journaling is that if it was mine it would have been mine it's it wasn't mine it just it wasn't mine and I, I only thought that it was. So remembering that, remembering that I own so much. I own my talent. I own my history. I earn my, I own my appetite for knowledge. I own my car. <laughs> like there are things that I own. I have plenty and I, I don't need to um, it's, it's lovely to imagine yourself on the job. It's, it's an, it's an audition tactic that I recommend all the time. Like being able to put yourself there in your mind helps you to show up in body that way. It's risky because you might find out that you were wrong, that you don't, you know, again, you're not a fortune teller. You don't belong there. So it's a tactic that you can use that has some risk. It's like using a knife, like you might cut your finger and it might hurt, but it's also really helpful because you can get through the thing. So to me, thinking that I should be somewhere, I can see myself there. That's a helpful tool that can hurt sometimes because you just might find out you're wrong. And there's nothing wrong with being wrong. There's nothing wrong with predicting the wrong future. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, get up off the mat. Don't wrestle with reality. That, that, that thing, that, that thing that just wasn't yours. I don't know. I'm dying to hear your take though, because oh, I'm sure. I love it. I- in- no, no, Ooh, baby, you went in, you went in, <laughs> Dana. I love it. No, you went totally in. The I, oh my god, I um, there is a, a beautiful saying, um, in the Buddha's word are uh, enjoy what there is to enjoy, suffer what there is to suffer, no matter what. Continue to chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo to meditate, whatever people are doing. So there, this is the notion, a notion that I believe in is that the, the rejection is also coming from a very, um, oftentimes comes from your inner child, um, seeing it through the eyes of the inner child. And I think, it, it, I mean, for me, it, touch, it can touch upon not being loved. 
mm-hmm. as simple as not feel, feeling loved, right? Mm-hmm. So a job, um, the day we, we kind of realize that our jobs are not our identity, Ooh, let's talk that about that day. That was a big moment. Let's talk about that day. Do you know what I mean? That was yes. all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I really want it because I'm going to kick some ass in it. That's what I think. However, but that's not me. Might not, it might not be good for my life. And if it was good for my life, in trusting the universe and trusting one's life, then I would be in this moment doing that thing. I remember my first, first job, Dana, I... Signed my first job here in America. I was 17. I was so excited. It was my first dancing job. I barely spoke English. It was a horrible company. The worst contract I've ever had <laughs> in my whole career. It was a disaster. It was a, a, a it was a it was a trickery. It was uh, bad shenanigans. They uh-huh. were like stealing money, not paying us. It was horrible. Uh, per diems were not given. I was literally crying every day going like this cannot be the profession that i said i wanted to be part of my mother came at that time we were performing in germany it was a fake name they were using i don't even know what they call themselves anyway all fake all wrong all twisted so my mom came to watch the show and i was like i told her i was like that is it this is this is where i'm closing shop right now because i'm not doing this for my life and then she looked at me and she had such an incredible, you know, tell. She was like, Karin, this is just a, the best that could have happened for you to have the worst right at the beginning of your career. So you can now feel and smell what it smells like and you will never take a job like this again. And I had to take that in and go, okay, so I have to continue. and just going to be okay. I'm going to finish it off. And I'm going to turn back. But that remain one, one of my biggest memory of now knowing I can smell the shenanigans in production. And I'm like, mm-hmm. bye, bye, bye. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Is like the reject, the idea of rejection dancers think happens to them. But we have the power at any point to reject the circumstance that's presented to us and say, never again, thank you, and walk the other direction. So it's, it's like, I think the feeling of rejection is compounded if you, if you, it's unbearable if you reject yourself, if you stop being your advocate, if you stop having oh, your back. Oh, bang, but bingo, if you say, that's it. Yeah. If you, if you say, I've got my back, they're missing out. That's okay. Bye. I reject you. <laughs> no, no, thank you to your no thank you, you and you moving know, on. Exactly. Exactly. But and like I think it's now yeah, go, go. where it takes us, it takes us to also take that moment with self where you go back to listening and hearing what you are really about and what kind of value creating you mm-hmm. are making and you want to make in this world because this is the real compass because at the end of the day we get like you know we get 12 hours where we can actually create amazing things and i i say it most of the time even more so now i'm like dreams are real like like i had a dream dana of being a mother right mm-hmm. i'm 51 so i had a dream of being a mother and i lost that dream I was in a relationship where that dream became nothing at all. I literally was listening to someone else's dream. And then one day, someone came around and woke up that dream, like ignited it back. It was my choice to go yay or nay. To go, no, 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 I'm done. This, is, this was a long time ago dream. But I, re- I had to listen. I had to sit myself down and have the courage to hear the whisper first of my dream and to let my ear open enough that I will hear the sound and then I will hear the cry of it and then I will hear the singing of it and then I will hear the yelling of it and I will be like, you know what? I'm doing it. You are... (laughs) Keep going. So no... 
I mean, just say, we talk about dreams and we talk yeah. about presence and we talk about, so for me, even and, as a woman to say to myself, no, you need this and that and that so you can be a mother. Well, all of a sudden, all that was out. And I was like, but that dream is still talking. So what uh, are we going to do? Yes. So you know what? Well, that's called egg donor, sperm donor. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's get this done. You know what I mean? So now yeah. the shift The real shift, and today for the artist of today, just like you as a young human being, as a light in the world, it is about your dream. So I say to you, like whatever, you know, this moment, like 2019, whatever that was all about, the learning, the learning that was behind of being able to hear, also to be able to heal yourself when you get punched. Right? You get that punch, you're like, bam, you're like, whoa. And then another one, bam, you're like, whoa. So you're on the ground now. Well, that's where it starts. It starts there, but it starts with a dream. Let's go. It doesn't start, it doesn't start empty. So people today, wherever we are, as destabilized as we can be, we actually more stabilize in our dreams. So go listen. Listen to the dream, right, Dana? Listen. I, I want to see you... What is your dream, Dana? What is your dream? Let's go. We're going to end up like this, by the way. So you get, to, you get to like shout it out. A dream. A dream. And you just need to, you know, there are many dreams. Just share one. Uh, yeah. You're catching me on a day. This is good. This is a brilliant thing to be asking me because I feel like a dream that I have only taken tiny steps towards because I've been telling myself that it's that it relies on someone else are you ready my husband is the person that I love in the world more than anyone else we don't desire a human baby <laughs> to 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 share as our life's work but a space and a life together that is as much ours as it is individually one or the others. And in up until now, the space in my brain looked like a building that was half dance studio and half workshop. But what that my brain was doing is just putting four walls around two people's things. What I would love instead, my dream is for us to have one thing that is ours that may or may not fit even into a building maybe it's a maybe it's a new technology maybe it's a product maybe it's a i i don't i can't yet see you know you spoke about alvin alien having this clarity like i know i have to do that and when you know what you want to do is not that hard to find the steps to take to get there same was true for me in becoming a backup dancer And it took me a while to reorient my goals after I had accomplished that one. When you, you talk about like identity and becoming wrapped up in your work, I had a, a few years where I was like, if I'm not a backup dancer, then who am I? And, and I'm finding myself in a similar position now where I am aware of my power and I am aware of my skills and my skill gaps. If I can just imagine or even invent something out there that is ours, I am certain I can make it happen. And I am certain that he will meet me in, in effort. At very least, I don't know if our vision will be the same. We're two different people with two sets of eyes. But um, I know that he will meet me in my effort. Um, oh my gosh, listen. I cannot wait to see the shape of this and a lot of today, like we were talking about right at the beginning of, the, of us talking, it's not mm -hmm. in the eyes that sees, but it, I think it's in the heart that is like linking and that, that we can't really see it. So sometimes you can't see it. All you can do is like close your eyes and continue to walk towards the whispers Yes, you know quiet down and it. listen yeah. to the whispers. Yeah. Because yeah. you know yeah. me, I also like to rage. I like to party. I like to dance. I like to music. And, and you're right. Sometimes it's like, what's the whisper saying? What's my child, the inner child saying? You know, and, and I believe that you're so 
extremely in tune. So your light in the world has a very specific mission, mm. right? So it's really about also, it's like when you surrender, like you, 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 the way you do choreography in the space, <laughs> that, that you can like, you can just, you know, take the time to be with the shape before the shape shows up. You know oh, what I mean? Yes. Like it's like that's that space that is so magical, right? I have no doubt, no doubt, my friend. Well, listen, <laughs> we could go on. Trust me, this might we need could a, go this might on need a part on. two. Da Hello, Dana Wilson. Oh God, you're you, my friend. Thank you so much for opening this conversation. Thank you for for asking the good questions and bringing the good answers and. You, you're gold. You're, you're, you're the sun, as far as I'm concerned. Thank you for shining talking, your light on the planet. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> talking about the sun, summer solstice is uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Is that summer why solstice. I'm sweating profusely? <laughs> Listen, exposed, and I'm doing a hundred and eight sun salutation. Yes, please. Yes, please. I, my, I wish you all could see my face if you're listening yeah. to the podcast version of this. Those of you that are in the Instagram <laughs> live right now are like, Dana, close your, Dana, close your mouth. We can see your tonsils. Dana, close your mouth. See your tonsils. <laughs> okay, collecting my jaw. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. I will be there for that. You better believe it. I know we'll see each other very soon. I hope um, so. If not on Sunday, but other time. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so much. I don't know your husband, but I say hi to him nonetheless. He is a very smart man. He knows a thing or two about a thing or two about having chosen you as a life partner. Wow. Wow. And him and, and you for him both, obviously. Yes. For him the same. Yes. I send you all my love. Thank you. I'm receiving it. I talk to you soon, Dana. Love and thank you to you. I love you. I love you, darling. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Here I am. <laughs> I don't have much to say, my friends. In fact, I might just take it from the top one more time and repeat that episode on back right now. Um, I would love for you to find more Kareen. I would love to have more of her in my life. So I will 100% be linking to her socials and her website in the show notes to this episode. Uh, please go see In the Heights. Watch her do her thing. Get out there in the world. Keep it exceptionally funky. And I am going to keep it bubbly and keep it right here by listening to this episode again right now because wow i'm speechless okay i'm out of words <laughs> keep it funky i'll talk to you soon Bye. me again wondering if you ever noticed that one more time almost never means one more time <laughs> well here on the podcast one more thing actually means two more things number one thing if you're digging the pod if these words are moving you, please don't forget to download, subscribe, and leave a rating or review because your words move me too. Number two thing, I make more than weekly podcasts. So please visit thedanawilson.com for links to free workshops and so, so, so much more. All right, that's it now, for real. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>